Hi, I'm Gabriel Carrillo from the EdTech Bytes podcast, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Hey, welcome back. Steve here. And today I'm talking with Sarah Apperson, a first grade teacher from Washington State who focuses on the importance of teaching character development to early learners. Sarah has this really cool show and world she's created called The Character Tree, where she explores different character traits with many new friends like Gray Squirrel. It's an awesome show. Very cool way that she delivers the content. Lots to learn today. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to share and subscribe. Enjoy. You are listening to Teaching, Learning, Leading K-12, a podcast for educators, helping you help kids achieve their dreams. And now here's Steve with this week's show. Sarah Apperson teaches first grade in Washington State and portrays Miss Sarah in the Character Trees Character Development Video Lessons for Early Elementary School Students. And you'll find this at charactertree.com. She runs the Primary Pal blog and is a teacher author on Teachers Pay Teachers. Sarah has served as an early elementary teacher for more than a decade. She specializes in literacy and writing and in 2018 received the Bonnie Campbell Hill Literacy Leader Award for Washington State. She holds a BA in elementary education and a BS in Spanish language and literature and an MS in K-6 reading and literacy. Sarah, great to have you on the show. Thanks for joining me today and say hi to everyone. Thank you so much, Steve. Thanks for the introduction. Hello, everyone, and thank you for having me. Well, it's, it's great to have you here, and you have some really cool things going on that we're going to get into in, in just a little bit, talking about the character tree and such. Uh, but before we do that, so you've been teaching for around 10 years. Uh, what do you like most about working for kids? Because you obviously do because you stayed longer than, than uh, two or three years. So Yes. <laughs> yes, this is my 13th year of teaching, and I have taught kindergarten, first grade, and second grade. I have to say that first grade is my sweet spot. I love those little first graders. What I love about working with kids is just how they find joy in the simplest of things. So no matter what I have going on in my life outside of teaching, as soon as my kids show up and come into the classroom, I am reminded of what really matters in life. And it's just the little simple things like observing them greet each other in the morning and with a smile and saying hi to each other handing each other a note that they drew or a picture they drew for me or for a classmate. Very cool. I mean, it's an, it's a neat thing. And you know, there's nothing like, uh, you know, I, I, I joke about it, but at the same time, kudos to you because 10 plus years, that's awesome. And uh, you know, that's, and that's good stuff. And you know, there's gotta be something that you like about it, which is, you know, what, uh, you know, one of the things I liked was that never a dull moment and no matter what you had planned, the kids always <laughs> throw you a loop. So they throw you a curveball somehow. So it's like, yeah, okay. So let's go over this direction now. <laughs> <laughs> they do. <laughs> gotta love it. So, you know, so I gotta ask you this because at, at this point in your, in your career, if you could go back to you, and by the way, I'm going to use the word you multiple mm-hmm. times here. So all those <laughs> English teachers listening to me right now, I'm sorry, <laughs> but <laughs> it, if you could go back to you just before you step foot in the classroom for the first time, what is one piece of advice you would give you? Actually, I'd have to say that goes along with what you just said about the plans change and 
I am definitely a planner. And um, if I could go back to my, before my first year of teaching, have to tell myself that plans will change and that is okay. It's okay to have a plan and to be able to throw it out the window and completely scrap and start over again. And um, just being responsive to what they need and meet them where they're at, whether that is academically or whether that is on an emotional level. We're all coming into the classroom every morning with different experiences that we had in the mornings and um, whatever that is they're bringing in, honoring that and just like I said, meeting them where they're at and showing the kids love each and every day and being consistent and unconditional with that love. Excellent. Love it. The, uh, that, that's good stuff. You know, and I, I got to tell you, there's times when I wish I could go back. <laughs> it's like, mm-hmm. Okay, let's, let's go back to that first day and uh, just uh, here's some thoughts, you know. <laughs> so, yes. And also if I could take back in time, like, I don't know, YouTube, that would be nice. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> it would have been very helpful. <laughs> but uh, yes. Yeah. You have a unique focus on working with kids on social emotional skills and character development. But before we get into how you deliver this content, could you explain what you mean by social emotional skills and character development so that we're, we get everybody on this, the, the same path here? Yes. So social emotional learning is a part of human development in both kids and adults alike. And actually, the Castle website defines SEL really well. And I'm going to just read um, what a little excerpt from what they how they define social emotional learning. So it's the process through which all young people and adults acquire and apply the knowledge, skills, and attitudes to develop healthy identities, manage emotions, and achieve personal and collective goals. Feel and show empathy for others, establish and maintain supportive relationships, and make responsible and caring decisions. And then I look at character education as a component of social emotional learning in the fact that through character education, we can teach about specific values and ethics that develop a person's character. Um, for example, we can teach a child about and, and about the importance of integrity, not just in school, but also in life. And we can learn about how others exemplify integrity to learn what it looks like and sounds like and feels like so we can then model that trait in our own lives. Excellent. Appreciate you explaining that because I know there's lots of different thoughts. So I figured we'd make sure that everybody knows where we're coming from when we're, when we're talking today. So thank you. The, uh, so tell us about the character tree. I mean, and this is cool. I've watched some of these videos and this is really neat, you know, and uh, you, have, uh, you, you have your own world that you've created, which is really nice. <laughs> and, uh, you know, these different uh, uh, participants in that world who uh, some are animals and uh, some are uh, um, children and, uh, you know, and it's pretty cool. And you have music and all kinds of good stuff that happens there. How did the world of, of the characters, including you as Miss Sarah, come about? And, you know, can we also talk a little bit about where the idea came from and, and let's see if we can talk about some favorite episode that you might have. Yes. So if I were to give a simple summary of how the character tree came to be, I would say it was influenced by first my experience in the classroom, second, my dad and third, Mr. Rogers. So um, over the years, my family has been very involved in my teaching, my teaching career, my teaching journey in terms of just that I, share with them my experiences in the classroom. I'm so passionate about 
what I do as a teacher and my students. And so I do share a lot of stories with them. And so over the years, my dad and I have talked more and more about these stories, especially in regards to some situations that some of my students have faced that are pretty traumatic that I could never imagine facing in the first, you know, five to six years of life. And um, that those conversations that he and I had combined with the timing of it was when the Mr. Rogers documentary had come out with um, Tom Hanks. And not too long after that, my dad and I were having a conversation and he said, what if we created a series with you as like as Miss Sarah, kind of like a Mr. Rogers, but talking about really specifically talking about tra character traits. And because he had said, you know, I want kids beyond the walls of your classroom to be having some of these same experiences. And how can we make this a broader conversation or a broader topic? How can we reach even more kids than just beyond the walls of your classroom? And so that's where the character tree series came to be. Um, actually, the very first episode that we filmed was a prototype in front of um, up in my childhood playroom in front of a green screen. And uh, looking at that, it's kind of cringeworthy now to see where it came. <laughs> and um, it's just kind of snowballed from there. And now we have a whole team at the character tree that is you know, comprised of a set designer, script writer. I get my hair and my makeup done for it. Uh, never would have thought that this would be what it turned into, but here we are. Very cool. And it's, it, it's, it's fun. It's neat. And I, it's cool to hear that, uh, that Mr. Rogers was a uh, influence <laughs> there because uh, um, you have created your own world. You have, you know, you, you enter the, the room and uh, there's your tree and this and gray squirrel and uh, and then you have these other characters that join you a little bit later which i love they kind of pop in and out and <laughs> and uh, you go into some song and you do different things and i think that is so awesome because what a great way of delivering your content uh, and i love that so it's cool to hear where that came from and, I, and it it's funny because you know yeah yeah you might might be questioning whether your beginnings were a little rough or whatever but uh, <laughs> I, I got to tell you, it's 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 really neat to see uh, to to see this because you created a nice world and it's 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 neat because it it works really well and you know I just wondered if sometimes you um, forget that you're talking to puppets. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sometimes I do. I do. You know, honestly, I get that question. Uh, how do how are you able to talk to the puppets so well? And I'm like, I just picture my own students in front of you know, and as a, as with the puppets and also same with when I'm talking into the camera, I just picture my class of my own kids. So. That's cool. That's because it really does come, come off that way. It's like, you're, you're just really interacting with them. And uh, so neat. That's, uh, that's neat. Cause having that experience with kids, that definitely is going to pay off there. So that's neat to know. That's what, that's what's happening. Um, yes. you know, we all know that, uh, uh, you know, social emotional skills and character development is important but this year has kind of highlighted the need for these non-academic skills. And that's kind of an understatement. Um, you know, tell us a little bit about why character development is so important for young children, especially this year as they deal with the pandemic and all the changes it's caused. Yeah. As an adult, there are days that I have a hard time understanding what we're living through right now and days that I grapple with the emotional toll that it takes on me. And that's with, you know, 35 years of life behind me. And as a five or six or seven year old, I just can't even imagine how do they go about making sense of all of this. 
And that is where uh, social, emotional and character development really come in. So equipping children with the skills to be able to identify how they are feeling and then further equipping them with strategies to address and manage those feelings is just so imperative right now. And I think also being able to just say it's okay to not be okay sometimes. And if you're having a hard day to be able to just tell the kids that I'm I'm having a hard day today, or I'm feeling a little bit worried about this today. Um, I've been honest with my own students. One of my sisters is a nurse. And at the beginning of this, when school's closed in March, you know, we're through Zoom and I've already spent, um, you know, a lot of months with my kindergartners at the time. And um, there was a day that I just was feeling really kind of shaken up about it and unsure about the uncertainties. And um, actually, I I did a um, character tree, a little two minute clip about just sharing about how I was feeling because I talked to the team about how I talked to my students and just told them that I was feeling pretty nervous. And I woke up and I kind of had my tummy was feeling a little unsettled. And that told me that I was feeling nervous about things and probably not knowing what was going to happen and feeling worried about my sister, who's the nurse. And if she could get sick, that was just all leading to how I was feeling and um, being able to model those conversations and have conversations with kids about how you are feeling and that hmm, today I'm not feeling so good. I think it's just, so important for these little ones because then they're able to have those conversations as well and release some of that and be able to just get it out there and talk to either their teachers or their parents, which probably mostly right now it is their parents. Oh, that's, that's good stuff. Cause that's, you know, it, it, and I think if, you know, as parents where we make mistakes sometimes is that we're, we're thinking about protecting our children so much that we don't help them figure out how to deal with these feelings that they may have. And so being able to give them examples that, uh, um, that we may be going through something is important. And so that's, that's, that's awesome. Uh, it, you know, many schools, you know, speaking of one of the things that uh, um, can create some issues with the kids and, and dealing with the, the, what is normal now, you know, many schools are going, are doing distance learning or hybrid models and teachers have, you know, they've had to adapt lessons to engage students in this digital environment. You know, what are some ways that you think teachers can make distance learning fun and engaging, especially for the early, early elementary school kids? Mm-hmm. I think that's, it's just so important to make it engaging, but I think that it's important to also not stray too far from that foundation of what makes things engaging in the classroom and when we're in the physical classroom, um, the foundation of, of engagement and of learning is just, I believe it's built on relationships. And so establishing those relationships, even through the computer screen, getting to know the kids, greeting them each morning when they come in, I use Zoom for my remote learning and I enable the waiting room and that waiting room I enable it initially because of the safety feature, but also because now I've used it, I'm able to greet each of my kids and they come in each day, just like I would in the classroom. So each day when they walk in the door, I say, I greet them by name. And now each day when they come into our Zoom room, I'm able to greet them by name. And they, you know, I see them, they give me a smile, I give them a smile. And then, so beyond those relationships, having, being able also to find time to get to know the kids and, um, that is a challenge definitely more in this 
online environment than it is in class and in person. But taking the time to, you know, find out what their pets' needs are and who their favorite stuffed animal is and inviting the pets to come to Zooms, having siblings come to Zooms and, you know, just kind of being adaptive in that, in this Zoom environment. Also, I've found um, that being, continuing to be playful with them is just so much fun. Um, we've been doing this, I've been doing a reading unit and through the lens of my students becoming word detectives. So each morning, um, I tell the kids that the word detective agency left us a secret mission. And so my teaching point is for reading that day is then written in the form of a mission that I have up on my slides that I show my kids each day. And they just think that that is so fun. And um, I ended up sending home little magnifying glasses with them so that when they're reading, they can be working on their word detective skills. And um, so just finding ways that even though we're not together, we can still be bring in play and have use imagination. I have a friend actually that's um, I met through Teachers Pay Teachers. She's another teacher Instagrammer. Her name's Hillary Teaching Without Frills. And she talked about how she her class has an alien and they're doing this writing unit and they are doing it's an informational writing unit. And so she's in order to get them to elaborate more in their writing, she's like, well, we have to tell the alien, the alien doesn't know like what color a fish is or what color a bird is. So we have to be really specific and descriptive in our writing so that the alien knows. So just finding, I'm actually going to be doing that or next writing unit is going to be information unit. So I'm planning on using that same alien tactic. <laughs> Very and just, cool. yeah, little things like that that are just playful and creative do make it more fun. Most definitely. I mean, it, and yeah, it, it's rough enough to be sitting there and, you know, we got these little boxes and everybody's in a little box. And, and if you just were to drone on and think they're going to pay attention to you for an hour, two hours, three hours, you know, that's uh -huh. not going to happen. And, and then if, you know, if it, it becomes even more boring because you, you just send them a bunch of paperwork that they got to get done. Yeah. So that's neat to have another classmate and we got to explain this to them. And I mean, just the different stuff and getting to know kids is always so so important um, mm -hmm. so that they feel like uh, you do know who they are, you know, and in, in this world, it's really important because this is yeah. a lot different. So um, thanks. I, I, you know, to, piggy up, to piggyback on that last question, what are some best practices for teaching character development in a hybrid or distance learning environment? I mean, I mean what kind of changes do you have to make to adapt these kind of lessons for distance learning? You know, I do have to say that in the, physical classroom, I find it so much easier because we, you are able to just capitalize on things that happen throughout the day and uh, be able to find those teachable moments really easily throughout the day. And you just, oh, shift focus. And we're gonna focus on this character education lesson right now. Um, so like, for example, if a child, if you see a child becoming a little frustrated about something, you can just stop and pause and say, okay, it's okay to feel frustrated. And remember, when you feel frustrated, here are some things that we learned we can do to calm our bodies, we can take some deep breaths or, but I don't see that, you know, in the Zoom, in this in Zoom environment, on the internet um, environment, because I mean, their parents see that because I know there is frustration when they're off doing their work. But um, like I said, I'm not in the moment with that. So that is something that has been different, definitely being intentional with uh, each week I do use the character tree on Monday to introduce the character trait that we'll be focusing on throughout the week. And so I, being consistent with that schedule has helped. So my kids know every Monday that we'll be either revisiting a character trait we already learned about 
and just learning, continuing to learn more about it in a different way, or we'll be learning a new trait. So this week, as uh, we've been working on continuing to learn about the trait of empathy. So on Monday, um, I'd actually, on Mondays when we're in the classroom, that's the day that I introduced the trait as well. And something that I liked to be able to do in the classroom was use interactive writing to introduce the character traits. So for example, I would have the focus for that we were working on with my class was um, focusing on writing initial sounds. Then I would have a student help me write that initial sound, for example, with empathy, eh, what what letter makes the S sound? E, that's right. Everybody else write it in the air. And then I'll have a student come up and write it on the on a chart paper for us. And they'll write the rest of the word, um, clap the syllables of the word. And I wasn't doing that at first with distance learning. And then I realized, hey, I still could do that. Zoom this year, I'm not sure. If, I don't think it was around last year in the spring. At least I wasn't aware of it. But this year, there's now these annotate tools. And so if a child has a touch screen, which not all of mine do, but about half of them do, then we are still able to do interactive writing because I can share the screen with them and they're able to use their finger on the screen to be able to write out words. So um, that's just a kind of an adaptation to be able to still do the, introduce the trait, how I was doing it with interactive writing. And then um, in the classroom, I do have, I would have our own character tree, which I still have our own character tree, but it's, they don't see it because <laughs> it's just on the wall and they don't get to see it every day. But um, being able to just throughout each of our live Zoom sessions, being able to just point out intentionally, if I notice a child that is having, showing empathy or showing respect, then I'll be sure to point that out. Um, but also I'm finding it really valuable to find picture books that exhibit each of those traits. So there's a book, there's a great book by Pat Zietlow Miller called Be Kind. I've read that one a couple of times for the character of kindness, also for empathy and also for integrity. Um, but just being able to really make sure that I'm finding a lot of examples, not just in their, in the kids' lives, but that I can show them in different ways of what those character traits look like. That's awesome. That's awesome. The, you know, and what you kind of got into a realm where I was wondering if, uh, if they ever got to, to see you as the character, Miss Sarah, in your character tree world. So they, do they ever get to see you interact with Gray Squirrel and such? They haven't yet, actually. No, they haven't. At the beginning of the year, this class, um, since they didn't know me, before I actually uh, moved to a new school this year, so in the middle of the pandemic, decided to go to a new school, you know, it actually worked out great. But um, so this is the very first time this group of kids has ever seen me. And at the beginning of the year, there was probably like the first month um, half of my class called me Miss Sarah, half of them called me Miss Happerson. They were like not, cause that's all the only way they'd seen me was through a screen. And so I could tell that it was, a, they were really having a hard time deciphering, okay, who is she? That's funny. <laughs> so I haven't actually brought in Grace Scroll yet, but maybe at this point now they know that, cause I've explained to them that the character tree is a set and it's a place where I go and there's cameras and there's other kids in other classrooms that see Miss Sarah and the character tree. And, um, but yeah, so now they understand it better. I, that'd be fun to bring in Grace Squirrel. That would yeah. be cool. That would be cool. Mm -hmm. to, 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 you know, it's, 
Um, I, that would be very neat. I, I just could see that uh, transition happening. So neat stuff. Yeah, so, that's a great idea. Uh, you know, one of the things I got to make sure that I ask you is that, you know, as you're, as you're talking about this and you're, you're making your plans and all this, that there's got to be some advice or tips that you've come up with that you could share from your experience in the classroom for other teachers who want to incorporate more character development lessons into their classroom routines. What, what do you have that you could share with us? Now, I'd say to lean into those tough conversations and those uncomfortable conversations in terms of, you know, being honest about your own feelings and and experiences. You know, in the classroom, I remember there was my um, cooperating teacher. So when I was student teaching 14 years ago, I remember there was uh, some times when she would just say to the kids, I'm feeling a little frustrated right now. And she'd be so calm and it's okay to be frustrated. I'm going to take a deep breath right now. I just need to take a break. And I remember thinking, wow, that is so powerful to model that for the kids. And so I've done that with my, with my own class too. And um, there's times when, you know, when you're a teacher, you have to be on. And regardless of what is going on in your personal life, you have to show up for those kids and be on. And there is an element, think of acting, which is probably why I've kind of transitioned to this role of Miss Sarah um, fairly easily. I have no acting experience, but as a teacher, you do have to push aside and kind of push forward. But then at the same time, I think it is so important for kids to see teachers in their vulnerable state. There's been times when I have cried in front of my class because sometimes things just trigger a feeling and it's just too much and I, I start uh, crying. Um, this is totally off topic and something different, but several years ago I was struggling with um, infertility and we had this Mother's Day event and we had all the moms come in and the kids at the shared reading with um, a, a book about Mother's Day. And it just, I'd done it the year before, but for some reason we had practiced it with the class. For some reason, seeing the moms in there just triggered this flooding of waterfall tears. And I just had to, and my kids were all so concerned. Of course, I did not tell them why I was crying. But I just said, you know, I just feel the love in our classroom. And sometimes my feelings, when I feel so much love, it just comes out in tears. And that's just sometimes how I show my emotions. And so I'm just going to take a break really quick. I'm going to go walk out in the hallway because their moms were all out there. I'm going to get a drink of water and just you know, using those strategies that I've taught them. Okay. If you're feeling frustrated, you can go get a drink of water. If you're feeling a little bit nervous, just let me know and you can take a break or draw a picture. And so um, that's kind of a tangent, but just being real with your own, your own experiences and your own um, social, emotional health and well-being. No, it's, it's excellent advice. I mean, it's, it, it's really right there because a lot of the, yeah, my experience has been the more connected that the group becomes with you and they see that you're real and not, mm -hmm. you know, some robot that climbs in the closet and charges overnight and then comes back out the next day. Hey, I'm ready. <laughs> um, yep. That uh, it, it opens those doors to the, you know, the ability to believe um, that you can help them or that you might share something that, that is knowledgeable no matter what their age. And yes. so good stuff. That's, I appreciate you sharing that. Hey, you know, we're getting close to finishing up. And one of the things I'd like to make sure that you, you get a chance to share is 
uh, and you kind of briefly mentioned it there uh, a little bit ago. You have a Teachers Pay Teachers site. Do you want to say something about it? What what they get to find there, and if they go check it out? Yeah, I do have a Teachers Pay Teachers site, and I have at this point over three hundred resources on the site, which is so crazy to think that <laughs> I've grown it to over three hundred resources. I actually just checked before I hopped on the call with you, Steve, because I wasn't sure. I was curious how many I had there. Um, and they're resources that I have created and used with my own classes over the years. So kindergarten, first grade, and second grade, it's the majority is first grade, since that's the majority of uh, my time has been spent in first grade. And um, like I said, it's the resources that I use with my class and have made available to other teachers to be able to use at their classrooms as well. And my passion along with character education and social emotional development is um, my academic passion I guess you could say is literacy and specifically writing development and that's actually a time in the day where um, I find I can really connect with my kids and share my experiences just life experiences they share their life experiences I get to know more about them you know, through, through the lens of writing, but also through the lens of who they are as little people. You know, if they're the kind of writer who likes to write books about penguins and wolves, then I know that they are the kind, that they're the kind of kid who really likes, to, likes animals. Um, and I can just, like I said, get to know them more in that, through that lens as I'm getting to know them as writers. So I have some resources there that I think the ones that I'm most proud of are my writing resources the resources that I made for writing conferences, which um, is my favorite time of the day. If you're wondering more about writing conferences, I do have some blog posts about conferring with writers. And I would say my actually my most popular uh, resource is a handwriting bundle that I have. Teachers Pay Teachers has seemed to like that resource as well. And they've shared it on their Instagram page a few times. And um, it's been in the newsletter, so that is probably what I'm most known for, is that handwriting bundle. Very cool. Very cool. And you also have a blog that uh, um, that, you, that you write, and people can get resources there, you know, and ideas about stuff. You just want to say something about your blog? Yeah, I do have a blog. I haven't written on my blog for a while. That's one thing that I have a hard time keeping up with, but I do have a blog, and a lot of my blog... Um, blog posts are about writing development specifically. And then I also have an Instagram page and that's, I'm a lot more active on my Instagram page and sharing ideas there uh, right now, specifically for remote learning. And then um, I hop on my Instagram stories and kind of share just in the moment things, what I'm finding that's working and things I'm doing with my kids. Excellent. Excellent. It, Sarah, if, if someone wanted to learn more about what you do, I mean, where would you send them? Which one, where, where should they go first? I would say go to my Instagram first. So the handle for that is just at the primary pal. And then after that, my blog and um, my teachers by teacher store. Excellent. And, and uh, now you have a website for the, um, for the character tree. Um, do you want to mm -hmm. share anything with them about what they'll find there at uh, charactertree.com? Yeah, so the Character Tree also has a website and also has an Instagram page. I do not run either of those, but uh, I do make appearances every so often on the Instagram page too. And then the website for the Character Tree has also a blog attached to it with some blog posts that I've written and there's some blog posts that other teachers have written as well. 
you can find resources for picture books that you can use with your kids to target uh, character development topics. And also the website, of course, has all of our episodes. So that's where you can find the kindergarten and first grade subscription for the character tree. Excellent. That's so cool. And today, uh, you know, one of the things that I want to make sure that I've got two more questions for you, Sarah, and they just are uh, um, questions I like to ask. And so uh, here we go with the first one. When things get difficult or there are too many issues all coming at once and you want to quit, how do you overcome those feelings and keep going? I remind myself of my why and my why is my kids. And I just tell myself that no matter what else is happening, that they are what matters and showing up for them and being present for them is what matters. And also I have to say that I am a big fan of hiking and running. So I will also often be found after a long school day going on a hike or going on a run to just kind of release and reset. And that helps me get, um, be able to keep moving forward. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. You know, and the last question, do you, do you have a teacher in your past who made a difference in your life? If so, who was it? And what would you say if given the chance to say thank you? I do. I have my Mrs. Scholl. She was my second grade teacher and her and I have actually continued to stay in touch. So uh, she did teach here in Washington when I was in second grade. Since then, she now lives in New York. But all these years later and all these miles between us, we actually have continued to stay in touch. And she um, knows that she has been a big influence in my life. And she's the reason why I became a teacher. Um, she took the time when I was a seven-year-old in her second grade class to really get to know me. And at the time, I I still have perfectionist tendencies, I'll be honest, definitely still have those, but they had at the time were really strong and really impeded my, you know, physical health. I was so nervous and so worried about making a mistake. And she worked with me tirelessly through that entire year about it's okay to make mistakes. And she would celebrate when I would make a mistake. And uh, she just did things and took time to find out what worked for me. And um, when I was a kid, I, in second grade, I said, I want to grow up to be a teacher just like Mrs. Scholl. And she actually came and helped me set up my very first classroom, which was a second grade classroom. And um, up in Bellingham, Washington, that was you know 13 years ago, she came up and did that with me and um, I have actually she visited her in New York twice since I started teaching and she came out last year and got to visit my first grade or my kindergarten classroom actually last year so pretty neat relationship that we have that's awesome that's so cool and it it's really neat that uh, you have that person in, in your past who's made that that uh, that impact as well as been able to uh, uh, stay connected. So that's good stuff. Uh, Sarah, thank you so much for talking with me today. You have an awesome focus on making character development a focus for kids. I love the video lessons and the awesome world that you've created on the character tree and, and uh, I'm wishing you the best in all that you do. Thank you so much, Steve. I really appreciate your time. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is excited to be a member of Voice Ed Radio. Voice Ed Radio, your voice is right here. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is a proud member of the Education Podcast Network. Podcasts for educators, podcasts by educators. The opinions expressed on Teaching Learning Leading K-12 are those of the guests and hosts 
Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is intended to share ideas, advice, and suggestions for classroom teachers and school administrators. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is produced for educational purposes. Thanks for listening, and I hope you'll share it with your friends. Thank you.